I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Siakam the slam! CJ the All right, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Speakly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen or watch. CJ, how are we doing, man? I'm good, man. Excited to be back, man. It's, it's, it felt like it was forever, but, you know. I mean, and it was, and that's, I guess it's kind of my fault. I got the same kind of thing that Fred was talking about. He said after the game yesterday, I got this cold, whatever kind of thing. And we were supposed to record last week, but man, I was in it. I was in the thick of it. I don't know what's going on in the water right now or with uh, what's, <laughs> what's going on in Ontario, um, but I hope everyone stays healthy and safe and all that kind of stuff because last week I was a wreck. I did not want to cancel the episode, but yeah. I had no choice. I literally sounded like Kermit. And I'm not even kidding. It <laughs> sounded like Kermit the Frog. So not to make you feel bad, I feel like it felt like forever just because it was so fun doing the first episode. Okay. Not, it wasn't a shot at you. <laughs> I knew it, it, knew it had to be bad when you had to tell me you had to cancel because we had been talking about everything up to like the day before. I know. Um, and for I you know. to say that, I knew it had to be bad. And it... It's probably your kids, man. You know, kids bring everything home. They always, they're, they're little nasty people, man. They, I know. <laughs> they touch everything. They lick everything. Like my kids bring stuff from school yeah. all the time. Nasty ass kids. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> uh, feedback from episode one. Did you get some, some positive, uh, positive comments on what people yeah, were man. seeing and what they felt? Uh, great feedback. Everybody that I talk to, obviously some of those people are close friends, so they're a little biased, but, but, yeah. um, most people that I talked to, they, they said they enjoyed our conversation. They enjoyed the way we speaking honestly about things. Um, and that, you know, just that we have a good flow going and they like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's refreshing take on some of the things. Cause you know, we said this, I said this to you off camera, like we're not media, like it'll be placed yeah. in a media class, but I'm I'm not media. <laughs> I know that for sure. So yeah. Um there's no 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 fit nothing, no shots at media or anything. I'm just saying my it's a different perspective. Yeah. yeah I, my perspective is straight from the locker room, 16-year career of being able to point out things that certain people can't point out, which is why JJ Reddick's so good, mm-hmm. which is why Kendrick Perkins is so entertaining and so good. And these guys that are coming on, Draymond, even though yeah. he's 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 a little he gets over the top, but that's Draymond. But the perspective is so much clearer. It's that authenticity approach about it, and you're not uh, you're not being constrained by some of the media values that some people obviously have because they're trained a certain way. You're just like, hey, let's talk ball, and it's really fun. And uh, I can't believe that Strictly Hoops actually got you courtside, or actually no. Right on the Raptors bench, apparently, in San Antonio. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was sitting over there. That so there was a person tweeted a picture, um, yeah, saying that who was it? Somebody was sitting on the floor. They thought I was sitting on the bench, and they were like, "They're gonna say CJ's podcast is trash tomorrow yeah. because he took my seat on the bench," and that wasn't the case. But yeah, he enjoyed the game though. 
Angles are deceiving. I saw that angle too, and it did look like you were actually on no, the bench. It, it and Juancho Hernan Gomez was relegated to the floor. Yes, they were like, "He's gonna hate the podcast. He's gonna give it a bad Yelp rating or something." They said, "Yeah, yeah." Um, thankfully, I mean, obviously, everything worked out. It was cool seeing you just like dapping up players on the sideline. I saw cool a couple of times Pascal and Fred were coming off the floor, and they were just dapping up. I'm like, he's like, he is a player. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't even get Pascal dap me up. We spoke for the first time during the game. He came out of the game and he yeah. noticed that I was sitting there. I didn't get a chance to talk to him before the game. Yeah. But I, I was talking to OG and Fred the whole entire game and Chris the whole game. No kidding. Well, people, you guys want more content. So let's get to the content. Trade thoughts. And I realized that trade thoughts is slowly becoming many more thoughts, but I like the use of Trey with you. But I mean, there's so many things to talk about. And Sometimes let's talk you get about fouled. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, let's talk about that game last night. Miami Heat, um, OG and Anobi. Let's start with him because on our last episode, we were talking about, and many others were talking about his struggles. He looked pretty damn good yesterday. I mean, I, I couldn't put it any better words than that. And the biggest thing, you know, is not, it's not one of those games where a guy, you know, makes a bunch of threes or yeah. something like that. He had a pretty good plethora of things that he was able to do. And he's, he's and the things he's, you can tell he's working on. And then he's just motor. His motor is going to get him points also. Mm. But I think the more and more he can just build on it and understand that it's not going to be 32 and 10 every night, but this is a big pivot for confidence. Sure. Um, and I just remember texting him after the game, like, let's fucking go, man. Like, like just being, just letting them know that like, you know, that just to keep going. And, that, and that's the biggest thing. Just don't stop. Yeah. And the opponent in this case, I think was a factor in a good way that you just need, sometimes you need um, an easier opponent. And mm -hmm. I'm only saying this in the sense that Miami, they lack wing depth mm -hmm. badly. And it was very evident when like Kyle, Larry is being posted up by OG. You got Tyler Hero out there. You got Max Strauss. You got Gabe Bisson. Good players, but they're mostly shooting guards slash point guards. So there was a size advantage, but that's sometimes that's all you need just to get yourself going. And he's been good for a couple of games. I really liked seeing how upright he was on his pull-ups. The pull-up game has been something that's been emerging over the past few seasons. And the balance was there. And that was an, a positive sign for sure. And, and the thing with the smaller guards, like just attacking that, that's, Sometimes the game is that simple. And I think the more you can simplify the game, mm. the easier it'll get for him to have games like this. It's like, all right, this is my advantage. I'm going to exhaust my advantage until they do yeah. something else to stop it. They're going to play small guards. I'm going to bully them. Yeah. And then if they put a bigger guy on me, we figure out something else. We run him off a screen or mm. we get some of those dribble handoffs and things like that. But as long as you're going to put a small wing or guard on the 250 pounds of me that I have, I'm going to make them feel it. Exactly. Yeah. Nick Nurse talked about that after the game, saying that it seems like OG's pivoted a little bit more to uh, strength and balance with the scoring instead of skill. And that's, uh, I mean, use your strengths, right? That is what he's been able to, you know, be able to kind of create uh, this self-generated offensive outlook that he has now has been through that. The skill will come over time, but in the meantime, just use what you got, you know, and you mentioned the, some of the other actions the Raptors are running. It was a nice sign to see them doing actually some off ball movements, um, some off ball screening to get OG going to get him some, to get him downhill in the paint. Uh, just so the looks were a little bit easier. And it also goes to how we, how we describe skill, right? Yeah. Like his strength is a skill. 
um, being able to move without the ball is a skill. I know we look at skills certainly as ball handling, shooting, passing, like things with the ball. But those things also are skills. There are guys like playing hard every night is a skill. Kyle Lowry make taking charges a skill. These are things that affect the game. And I think sure. the more and more we can highlight things like that for the players and people watching the game, the more well-rounded looks we can get at it. Now, in the meantime, because Pascal is out, obviously, and the looks are going to be a little bit different once Pascal returns, once they're healthy. So what are the keys for OG to find that balance where, you know, the looks are a little bit easier in a sense now because he's getting the ball in his spots. But mm-hmm. when Pascal's back, Pascal's going to get the ball in his spots because he's him. OG, the offense is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be coming from maybe the mid-range. He's going to be uh, asked to do some uh, weak side off ball movement, uh, catch and shoot threes. That kind of stuff is going to return. So what are the keys to making sure that he continues this kind of dynamic once the Raptors are eventually healthy? Because the injuries are ridiculous right now. <laughs> um, the first thing is on the off days, non-game days, and even in your pregame, um, making sure you're still polishing those skills. Making sure you're still working on your catch and shoots and the things that were coming before those spots. Don't let those things kind of, go to the back burner because you're getting different looks because Pascal's out. But the thing that that's promising about this is that him gaining confidence and him showing that he can do these things while Pascal's out gains more trust with the coaches and players to still make a way to find those opportunities for him. So they don't go away. That's the biggest thing about this time is to gain confidence from the coaching staff and the other players and for himself, like to see himself doing it consistently yeah. So now it might not be eight post-ups, but I'll still get four because they recognize that I've been doing this well. And it takes a load off. It gives it, it gives Pascal less minutes of being in certain positions, Fred less minutes and times that he's on the floor without those guys. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned, um, the bulk of his minutes will probably be alongside Pascal, but I've seen Nick Nurse try out a few like you know four or five minute stretches where OG is more of the primary ball handler where he's getting those chances to be like the downhill threat to be orchestrating offense to be the hub in some sense and it's been up and down so far this season but these reps right now where he's gaining his confidence it's going to help him be uh, better utilized execute better in those four or five minute stretches and then hey look now the Raptors are all of a sudden they have a better steady flow of offense happening when Pascal isn't on the floor. 1000%. And it's just him getting, like you said, the reps without looking over his shoulder either. Like, you know, and I'm going to get a little bit of leeway to try to be more aggressive and make some plays. And I think that that freedom goes a long way because you don't have to feel as forceful as the game goes on now. I know I'm getting 38 minutes and I might get 20 shots tonight. I don't have to go s- search so hard for them. I can let the mm-hmm. game give them to me. So we're going to be doing some fan questions a little bit later on, but a lot of the questions were centered around this young sophomore, Scotty Barnes. And he emerged, broke out, if you want to call it that way, after the game, Fred yesterday was like kind of just like poo-pooed on the idea that he was struggling. Like maybe he wasn't performing up to, you know, up to his usual capabilities. Maybe the shots just weren't falling. Like, but let's not like attack necessarily Scotty Barnes and start projecting him to be this guy when, you know, last season he was rookie of the year. So shout out to Fred for kind of stomping on that right there. But it is, it does bring an interesting question. Like what goes into a sophomore slump? How does it happen? Um, so first part of this is, is in Scotty's head more than it is in everybody else's. Yeah. So he wants to be great. He is great. He wants to be phenomenal. Let's say that. 
And coming off rookie of the year, going to the summer, being a workaholic he is, trying to add all these things to his game, coming into the season, um, everybody's playing really well. You're trying to add things to your game. The defenses are different. They're ready for you now. You're a big part of the scouting report, playing different positions because of injuries and things of that nature, um, and just trying to grow. And, and, and there's a pressure he carries on himself. Every player does. And it's not – you got to have a little bit to be great. You got to put the pressure on yourself first before anybody else does. Because if you don't do it first, when it comes from the outside, you won't accept it right. It'll feel like people are attacking you. Um, mm. So his biggest thing is just continuing to play through these, these lows. It's going to happen. There's different, it's just different. And everybody's got to go through this fire. It's the same fire we talked about with Pascal. Him yeah. being able to get to where he is now, he had to go through the fire of becoming that guy to gain the confidence and learn what moves he needed to go work on, what moves and reads I needed to go fix, things I need to see. He's just going through that. Scotty's playing point guard, guard and point guards, full court, um, posting, um, running pick and rolls, directing traffic, um, doing all these things while trying to grow. And he's got games without his two best players on the floor with him. Now the focus is all the way on him. And those are valuable reps for him. But we had talked last episode about the pack line defense that Pascal was seeing. Mm -hmm. Guess who was, who's been seeing it over the past few games. It was Scotty Barnes. And that's a different beast, man. And like, you know, the pull-up shot, it was going against Miami. And that was great to see that it came mm -hmm. back. I think he had like four, uh, four pull-up jumpers in the first quarter. Right. And you want to see those going down. Obviously he's working on that. And it's nice to see those, the fruits of the labor. Right. Mm -hmm. But it was very similar shots that he was taking during his, perceived struggles but they just weren't going in and i don't know like I'm, I'll, I'll throw it to you in a second here but it seemed like at points the mechanics on his finishing were were a little bit off like it wasn't as confident it wasn't as strong what i loved about scotty uh last season was that he seemed so confident under pressure and pressure meaning like the paint uh long arms verticality seven footers and he was always able to get off these like his touch around the rim is so nice but that kind of was lacking a little bit and it seemed to be coming back um against Miami there um I think some of that comes from just overthinking it a little bit so you start fidgeting you start tinkering with stuff because shots aren't falling like I've been in those positions like you kind of start trying to make the ball go in instead of trusting your work um and you know things with, with offensive things shooting and your touch some of that that stuff comes from reps and reps and reps and reps and reps and it yeah. becomes a natural thing and when you stop when it stops being natural and you start tinkering in the game and then on the days that are not games you're you're doing it a totally different way hmm. it, it's not gonna flow right um and I think some of it is just him relaxing and 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 it'll, like a game last night is a stepping stone towards relaxing again and understanding like staying the process I know people like to say that. And we think it's like this cliche thing, but it's literally what it is. Yeah. And we talk and you go through the season and at the end of the year, let's say he's averaging 18, eight and eight. We're not going to break down and ooh, say, well, ooh. well, these two weeks, like he only averaged 12 <laughs> and nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But all those days add up to the 18 and eight and eight. There's going to be a stretch where he averages 25, six and six. That's going to add up. And then we're not going to talk at the end of the year. We're going to talk about him averaging 18, eight and eight. Yeah, and sure. being who he is, you know, and it's all the collective and it's all learning experience. This was a question from at Brody Raps Jays, and I thought it was interesting. How much do public narratives seep into player thoughts? 
And we talked about that last episode a little bit um, around, you know, taking in the public opinion, social media and so forth. But yeah, for someone like Scotty, um, from what you've seen, like how could that impact someone who's again, 21 years old, very, very, very green. That's the big, big one, right? So like we're talking about the younger the league gets, the younger these guys are, like the growth of media, like everything is media now. And this is not me painting it as a bad picture. It's just the fact of what it is. Yeah. They're more in it than anybody. Like they've grown up with it their whole lives. It's like a mm-hmm. big chunk of who they are and how they make their brands and their, their reputations. And, they, and then they've been doing this since they were 12, 11, 10 years old. You know, they've been on yeah. social media. Like social media came for guys like me and some of the older guys later in life when they kind of had a feel of who they were and certain things wouldn't really get to you. He's got everything from like before the league, now in the league and everything coming. And that's, and that's not to say that it's, that's what's making him play bad, but he can't not hear it. Sure. Cause it's such a part of everyday life now. Um, I think the biggest thing is just for him to continue to go. And some of you use his motivation. Some of you just kind of let it, because a lot of people don't know what they're talking about either. <laughs> mm. Like you got to remember that. Um, but it's just maintaining a focus that at the end of the day, this is my goal. This is what I want. Yeah. None of that matters. This kind of goes to the next question that I had about, about a few Raptors. Cause you had wanted to talk about uh, Delano Banton and Malachi Flynn and what we're talking about with Scotty. These do kind of parlay together a little bit because Delano the other day, um, he had a great game against the Pistons, you know, he had three threes or four threes or whatever it was last night. Unfortunately he did get injured, but he was like one of six from three. Right. And he had talked about that Pistons game. He's like, yeah, it's cool. He's like, but I'm, I'm trusting my work. Trusting my work is my key right now. And for someone like Scotty, when you're in the midst. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Of, you know, public narrative, people are saying this, people saying that. Trusting your work and kind of going into a shell and almost like you're, you're in your head. And like I should mention this too, that uh, Scotty did say after the game yesterday that Pascal and Fred were two people that reached out to him after the uh, latest road trip when they were in Toronto because they were injured or sick. And they sent him a couple of messages saying like, keep going, like stay confident, be yourself. You're great. Um, so you have that feedback coming in, which is obviously very important. And you think about, you know, what opinions matter, Fred and Pascal's matter. <laughs> but in the end, like the, the, you do get into a shell at one point and you just have to, you know, it's about your work, your progress. And how do you con- consistently find that confidence in yourself when things are just in some ways consistently like not going well, even if it is just for like a four or five, six game stretch? Mm-hmm. It's, 
so like one of the things that that five six game stretch can feel like an eternity sometimes right like like yeah. it's just an nba time but the biggest thing is is understanding like we were talking about the vision of what you want to be and what you want to do and controlling what you can control so i can't control that i'm not getting minutes right now i can control being prepared for the time i do get minutes delano's game in detroit is not luck there's no such thing as luck. You can't, nobody gets, we call it luck, but nobody that's unprepared gets lucky. If you know oh, what I mean. Like, that's a quote, like, that's a quote right that's, there. That's, that's not, right there. it's not a real thing because I have to get it being, being put in that position. There has to be a bunch of work done before that day for me to play that way. Mm-hmm. And obviously like you want to continue to keep doing it, but getting that chance and getting that game, it's proof to him that it does work. I know the next game he doesn't he, he doesn't have the same type of numbers, but it's not always going to be about numbers. Yeah. And it's such a people don't I think people from the outside don't realize how hard that position is to be in, to be a young guy on a good team with good players in front of you. I've been that guy. I I was behind Andre Karolinko when I first came in. And there were nights that he would decide he was hurt or, or he wasn't going to play that were going to arrest him. And I would go from being in a suit behind the bench to starting. And it didn't matter how I played. The second he played, I went back to being in the suit. There are nights of me scoring 25 and five and doing these things, thinking I'm going to go, you know, making my mark to get set these, set these, set the pace. And he comes back and I don't my play. The neck literally back to back sometimes. And the thing is, you just have to go right back into the gym and control what you can control. And I know this, it's hard to do and it's easier said than done, but if you want to be great and you got a goal and a vision, that's that's what you have to do. That's a roller coaster, man. It exactly what it is. It's a roller coaster, especially when you're young and you hear a bunch of voices. You got the people like we're talking about asking the questions, and they're on his Twitter saying, "Oh, you should be playing more. You should be playing this, or you just had that great game. Why didn't you get to do it?" And then you get the people that say, "You had 27 last game. Why didn't you have it again tonight? You should be able to do that every night." And there's so much stuff that's thrown at you. And you just have to figure out how to stay your course to really make your identity because he doesn't know exactly what he's going to be yet. He knows he has a bunch of potential and the coaches know that. Yeah. We need minutes to, to prove everything else. The potential is a difference maker. I think with Delano and Malachi only in the sense, like they both have potential, but with Delano, you can see it, man. It's like a six, a player explosive, (laughs) like guard multiple positions fast as the wind getting up and down the court, three strides, he's at the rim, like all this stuff, it's right there for Delano. And so when in any case, I think it's reasonable to say after what we've seen last season and this season, that if it comes down to it, is Nick Nurse going to put in Delano Banton or Malachi Flynn? It's probably going to be Delano, right? So for Malachi, I mean, I keep on talking about this. Like I just feel for him. Like if the pandemic does, I was thinking about this. If the pandemic doesn't happen, the Raptors probably don't draft Scotty Barnes. And before that, like, Malachi Flynn was like the up and coming backup point guard on the Raptors, you know, Kyle, Fred, Malachi Flynn. He was the next one, right? The the prodigy, so to speak. And here he is now. And just like that, things have changed for him. And I'm not really sure where things are for him or where he goes from here. Like he's talked about the same thing that you just said, you know, trusting my work and just believing things are going to work out. But damn, man. This is tough. Like you, you can see the flashes with him. Like he may not be like a star or something like that. Like who the hell knows, but you can confidently, you confidently say that he is a good point. Yes. yes. Right. You, He's good. So yeah. what do you do right now? If you're him, 
you almost have to develop this confidence that is so great in yourself. Like you have to overwork. You have to be overly ready because there's going to be nights you're going to get four minutes. There's going to be a night that you haven't played in two weeks and Fred's going to get three fouls or somebody's going to be down. There's going to be, it's, it's so like a roller coaster, like you said, it's so crazy. You have to work so hard and be so focused. It's almost unfair, <laughs> like to be mm -hmm. honest. Like I was talking about being in this position before where just like when I step on that floor, I got to kill. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I go shoot it every time I touch it, but I have to affect this game. Because the other thing that we're talking about is like, it might not be happening here right now, but every other team in the league sees what I'm doing when I do get a chance. They, there's teams that come to games and watch you work out before games when they got their eyes on you to see how you treat that work when you haven't played in a month. Like you gotta, it's such a professional mindset. It's such a hyper-focused mindset to make yourself and turn yourself into a rotation player from this position. Like I said, it's, it's, it's almost crazy talk, but you gotta look in the mirror and you gotta tell yourself, I'm still who I think I am. And, and, and that's that's the best advice I could give them if I was talking to them face to face and any young player that's going through that. Don't yeah. let any of this make your confidence waver. Your, I mean, your confidence will only waver if you're not working. What are your thoughts on his game? I think he's got he's got range. He's got a great handle. He shoots it really well. He's got potential to really score the ball, too, from that backup point guard position, which is what the backup point guard position has really kind of become a little bit with this open style, guys that are aggressive and attack, and yeah. obviously making threes helps anybody in the state of the game now. Um, but he's got such a good just knack for being able to get going. And, and he can, like I said, the range is one of the biggest things that steps out of me. It's with ease. Um, and he can take a lot of things from Fred also. That's the other thing. Like take as much from Fred as you can. Like as much as you can, you can get from him from watching, from work out with him before practice. Like Fred used to work out with Kyle all the time before practice. Yeah. He would go through the routines with Kyle, see the type of things that Kyle worked on on a daily basis just to pick his brain. And obviously he was watching him play, but like take as much as you can and implement the things that are non-negotiable type of things that make those guys great. And then you obviously add things that are your game specifically, but those non-negotiable things like getting up, getting up early, whether it's Pilates working on your body, diet, whatever it is, take those mm -hmm. things and tweak them to, to make you as good as you can be. You got to have insane self-motivation to be an NBA player. It seems. <laughs> I mean, to be, to be a, to be a great one. Yeah. Especially we're not talking about a guy who's Delano six, eight, who's going to pop out of everybody's eyes right away. Not yeah. to say Delano didn't work to be where he's at, but like, like you said, there's potential oozing off of him, especially from a Toronto's Raptors front office, because we know the type of guys they like. <laughs> so that's not a secret. Oh, they got so a type, all right. They got a type. And They're a picky date, picky date. But for Malachi to be there says a lot about what he does also. Because he does not fit the type. Yeah. Hmm. Tricky one for Malachi, man. Really it, tricky it one. It's tricky for all, all young guys in that position. You're behind an all-star point guard. That's won a championship. And then Pascal Siakam was also a point guard. And then Scotty Barnes is also a point guard. And then Delano Banton was also a point guard. You know what I mean? You got all this stuff around you. Holy. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because there have been conversations around uh, the Raptors half court offense and the ups and downs. And, you know, when Pascal goes out, he is the guy, right? We know this. He is the man. But when he goes out, things look a little bit different. And you start picking holes in the Raptors offense. We know their ethos. They look for advantages 
um, when it be uh, post-ups, uh, in the half court, whatever, you know, drop coverage. Fred loves to expose that. He did it yesterday against Dwayne Dedman, which we're going to get to in a second here. But when the advantages aren't there as much, and this is where we get into those matchups against like a Boston, who are just so fundamentally sound with their one-on-one defense, the Raptors look very different in the half court, right? What are your thoughts on their their mindset? And do you think it's like a, a sustainable way to win games, especially late in the postseason? Because I think that is part of why they're doing this. They think that, hey, in the end, you know, when each team knows each other's sets in the, in the playoffs, game six, game seven, you guys know each other. It's about who executes better. Your advantages are the thing that are going to get you through. Yeah. So like we're saying, not running a lot of sets, playing an open style of basketball. Um, with a guy, with some younger guys mixed in that rotation is guys that haven't been primary ball handlers before. Um, it can get stagnant because guys aren't decisive all the time. And, and then when you got guys that are really good, like Pascal or like Scotty and even Fred, sometimes that kind of can get into ISOs because they feel like there's nothing going on and the clock gets slow. It can get like that. There, there has to be constant movement, but the movement has to be with a purpose, meaning the backside movement, Guys have got to understand his a guy's got to understand his own strength and the players he's on the floor with strength. Meaning, mm. like when I was on the floor, me knowing that I was a floor spacer and there was not going to be help off of me because of that, being able to shoot the ball. I moved in ways that allow guys to play to their strengths. So if I was in the corner and they were running a pick and roll with Jakob or Pascal or or JV, I would move. I would time my movements to make sure guys couldn't tag the roller. They couldn't stop the guy from getting a dunk or to make mm-hmm. him make a decision. Either you stay home with me and I get an open three or JV gets a dunk. I think the more and more they can figure out themselves and each other, the more and more you can look at the game that way with the movement. And even in ISOs, quicker decisions. We talked about the dunk that OG gets from the corner um, in the Detroit game. That's an ISO. Yeah. It's just, not dancing with the ball. Delano pushes, makes a pass, cuts through. OG makes a decision right away. I got an angle. Mm-hmm. I drive it. If there's no, if they cut me off, then it's another pass and it's another drive. Touch the paint, make defenses move, the other guys moving so there's not help. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying not to get too fast what I'm saying, but no, I get the, more, saying. the more movement, the more you can keep guys off the help positions. So like Boston, who you say, they're a great half-court defensive team because they get in a shell they show bodies. They clog the lane like teams are doing to Pascal and Scotty. The more those guys on the backside can move and screen and do things, the more the less time that Marcus Spark can spend on the nail and get steals when somebody drives. Yeah. And that's the main point of that type of offense, to keep guys in constant movement, and you don't have set places where guys have to be when you run set plays. And that's the advantage of the read and react kind of offense that the Raptors are trying to do. How do you learn to move with purpose? <laughs> what are the keys to doing that? How do you do it? There's obviously minutes playing, playing time. And, and, and so we can bring back film from the playing time to show you more things and more times where you could have moved or you shouldn't have moved. Um, and then just drilling it. Like we, when I was there in practice, we five on old, like with no defense so much just to get guys in a rhythm with each other, understanding the different type of options that you can do and see, just understanding the spacing on the floor, the way it looks. And then when we scrimmage and we do things, like obviously there's different ways to drill that too, but 
we just literally repped it and repped it and repped it. And it's early in the season, which is why this will grow as the season goes. And you get to keep Nick gets to keep a bunch of sets for himself as the season goes. You try them out here and there. So they're not overly scouted. But in the playoffs, it's about who can make a play. It doesn't matter what sets I call when they know them all. And there's always going to be the best defender, the best units on the floor. Guys are playing until they're gassed out. There's no second and first and second units. It's who's playing well right now. We need to be able to make plays. Chris Boucher is one that comes to mind as someone who has really embraced the timing of his cuts, of his pacing, and doing things with purpose. He does things very fast, and I think at one point, maybe it was a little bit too fast, but his the idea was right, is that if you're waiting, then the defense is getting set, your offense is getting stagnant. And for other Raptors, Adelano, um, other players who are coming off the bench, it's like finding that pace so you maintain um, the speed of your half-court offense is really critical for the Raptors because they are going to be a little bit stagnant just by nature because they want to be that way. But reading those moments, those very subtle moments where, you know, Scotty makes a turn and there is a trap about to happen and then you find that angle towards to get to the front of the rim and all of a sudden you got a layup it's like very specific moments and it seemed to me like it's hard to kind of drill that in a sense because so much of it is just about reacting to the moment it's like film to me almost so you have to just be able to be one step ahead which is what some of the great offensive players do but there's a reason why they're great it's because they're always able to be one step ahead and you also got to watch basketball and watch film. You got to watch yeah. other teams play. You got to understand, like, you want you want to know the other team's rotations, the way the way they like to defend. I want to know this. So, like, there were times in games I would position myself where I know I could get a shot. I would know I was getting a shot when it was two passes away just because I know how they rotate. Hmm. Like, I already know what type of defense they play. I know what, what man they like to send to go double. I know what man they like to tag the rollers and pick and rolls. Like me having that knowledge allowed me to get so many open spot of shots. And then the other rule that I used to live by as a shooter is if you turn your head, I can't be in the same spot when you turn back around. Hmm. So like if you're guarding me and I see you take your eyes completely off me, even if it's three steps to the left or right, just a tiny bit, I'm not going to be in the same spot. That's a passing angle right there. <laughs> And if it is, and if the pass is made to me, when you turn around thinking you're going to close out, you have to change your route when you see I'm in a different place. So it buys me that much more time to shoot it. And I don't need that much time. <laughs> so no, <you> didn't. <laughs> exactly. And I know that. So, and yeah. I train myself to be that. So I know a half a step sometimes would get me shots. Did you invest in film from the get-go or was that something you learned was important? It's something I learned how to utilize like I think you always watch film you always did like and I but when I got to the point of studying it to that type of thing to something that small I grew into that before it was the big things like oh you missed mm -hmm. this assignment this is how this place should be ran this then the third but then as I grew I just started to take the little things out of there and notice when I did this the type of reactions I got yeah. or when I did this the way the defense shifted and that comes with knowing yourself like knowing your strengths and knowing what the defense does to you or yeah. what you can make the defense do. Like Steph knows that he can make the defense do whatever he wants. That's why he's so dangerous. And he uses that yeah. to his advantage. He screens, he runs all over the place just because he knows, like what did J.J. Reddick say? He has the gravitational pull of the sun. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that everybody's following him if he's moving with yeah. pace and purpose. 
yeah. which is why he's conditioning is off the charts and why he moves the way he moves. It's not to always get him a shot. It's mm. to get Draymond a dunk. It's to get somebody else a shot. It's to yeah. whatever it may be. Once again. So- when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Subscribe to the ROE podcast for your listening pleasure, I guess. And on YouTube, watch there for future episodes. We will be back very soon. Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Enjoy yourselves, everyone. CJ, final words? Man, Man, y'all stay safe out here. Be blessed. No question. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk soon.